0: ...asked me to preach on a Sunday morning. Uh, it's, I shouldn't be nervous. I'm amongst friends. I'm amongst my brethren, so I shouldn't be nervous. But uh, you know what? You can't help it. You get those butterflies in your stomach over here. But, uh, but God is good. God is good. And it's good to be saved, right? And the reason I say it's good to be saved is because it's good to be saved. It's good to, It's good to serve Jesus Christ... I'm on the winning team, I read the last chapter, Uh, God has changed my life, Uh, he's changed my my wife's life, my family's life, changed our future, and uh, just, it's so good to be saved, it's such an honor and a privilege to to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, because he's so worthy, he's so worthy, worthy is the Lamb, and that's Jesus Christ, Uh, you know, I am, I don't know some of you, some of you guys, know my testimony. I'm, I'll just give a, a quick testimony. I am, I am the product of a praying grandma. Uh, so when I when I saw that text from Helen, this, uh, you know that text this morning for Helen for her uh, for her grandson, you got to keep praying. You got to keep praying. You know my my grandmother, she uh, she got saved later on in life. Her and my grandfather got saved and. Uh, you know, and 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 I know she prayed for me. I know she prayed for her children and her grandchildren. And uh, and then my grandmother got killed and uh, she never got to see the product of her prayers. But one day she will. And I look forward to that day when I get to heaven and I see my grandmother, my abuelita, and I see her and I can't wait to see her again. You have so much hope in Jesus Christ. It's so good to be saved. And, uh, so, yeah, so she prayed, she prayed me up. And, uh, you know, like I said, she had gotten killed. And uh, I, I, I didn't get saved right away. But I remember at her funeral, uh, this old preacher, Mel Sabaka, uh, preached at her funeral. Pre- preached a funeral. And says, Angie, they used to call her Angie. And I said, says, Angie, she's, she's in heaven right now. Not because she was a good woman. Not because she was a good cook. Because my grandmother is the best cook in the world. I mean, you know. Everybody says that about their grandmother. But my grandmother actually was the best cook in the world. But he says, Angie's in heaven right now because she was, a, not because she was good. And I, I, that used to bother me. What do you mean not because she was a good woman? She was a great woman. She was, I loved her like my own mother. I said, how can you say, you know, how can I? shook my fist at God for taking her from us, you know. Uh, but, you know, it was years later. Uh, I, I did a job. I was working for Con Edison at the beginning of my Probably 1988 or something like. Yeah, it was. Well, actually, it was January 7th, 1980. i had gotten saved, but a couple of days, like two days before that, I had got. I I was working in front of. Uh, I was working in front of the church in in Totten in uh, Pleasant Plains when they moved. So my grandparents got saved when when they first came from Ohio. They were on Mill Road in Staten Island. They they went to a, a small little Catholic church that they used to uh they used to rent and. Uh, so that's where my, my grandparents had gotten saved. So later on, uh, when they moved to Pleasant Plains, I had a job outside. I was working on the lines. I was a lineman. And um, I remember seeing Dan Sabaka, the son. And, I, you know, we hit it off right away because I said, hey, you remember my grandparents? Because my grandfather was still going. I, w- I would go with him once in a while. And I remember telling the, the Mel Sabaka's son, Dan, I think he was the pastor at the time, and I said, Dan. I says, I always, I always remembered. You know, at the end of your services, you always had that that time where you, uh, you know, you would uh, bow, every every head bowed and every eye every you know, every eye closed and every head bowed. And you know, I always used to peek. By the way, I was always that guy that used to peek and look. I says, I always you know I always wanted to raise my hand, but I you know I never would I never I never did. And and he says, Listen, Dan. He says, Don't put that off don't put that off, he says, you work on he says, I see what you're doing up there in the bucket, he says, you're, you're very, uh, you have a dangerous job, he says, you know, even that, you know, tomorrow's promise no man, you better get that thing straight, you better get that thing straight, he says, I'll tell you what, he says, uh, I think it was like on a Tuesday, he says, Thursday night, he says, we're having a, a Bible study, he says, why don't you, we're having a service, come to the service, and don't put that thing off, if that invitation is there, he says, don't put God off, because you're not, you never know what could happen, so, like I said, January 7th, 1988, I raised my hand at the end of the service, and I looked around, nobody else was raising their hand, and uh, right there in the church basement, I went downstairs at the end of the service, and they uh, basically showed me, from the Word of God, not their opinion, they showed me from this book, how you could know for sure you go to heaven when you die. And then I realized how, wow, my my abuelita, my grandmother, she, she is definitely in heaven because... She, I know she had a faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, but so, so praise God, you know, it's been a little roller coaster up and down. You know, I had a couple of times where I was, you know, in, in the flesh, in the world, but, uh, you know, I never had that peace that I have right now, you know, just loving the Lord and serving God and just... You know, you'd be out, out in the world, it's just temporary stuff. Even getting high and, you know, whatever it is, drinking, pills, smoking, whatever it is, it's, it's only temporary. But, man, the best times I've had in my life have been with some of the men in here, you know, just just serving the Lord and just laughing. You know, good, clean fun, good, clean fun. And just the, and just rejoicing. I mean, it's just the taste of heaven when you're with the brethren, you know, out there serving the Lord and just out there on the street corner preaching God's Word and, uh, you know, holding up a scripture sign, Brother Eli and Brian and uh, so many others, all of you guys, are such a blessing to me and, uh, yeah, God is good, God is good and that's why I say it's good to be saved Amen. and it's good to be saved because it's good to be saved. Uh, so if you have your Bible, if anybody needs a Bible, just raise your hand, we have extra Bibles in the back. You have a good old King James Bible? Anybody? Okay, good. Praise God. So if you have a Bible, uh this morning you could turn to turn to Romans, Romans chapter ten. Romans chapter ten. And I was thinking of maybe, you know, I know a lot of good preachers start off with a with a joke or something like that. Last time I was up here I told a joke uh, had to do with construction. It was a joke on construction, but I'm still working on it get it? It's construction. I'm still working. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Uh, But uh, it's like, it's like my daughter, you know, with the jokes, you know, Olivia, dad, dad, I have a joke about pizza. "Ah, That's too cheesy. Too cheesy. All right. You know, it's funny because you, you know, I I was, you always wait for a good joke and and then you you try to remember the joke, and then you try to tell it to somebody, and you screw it all up. You know that's why I like the little dad jokes that I get. Um, you know, but repetition, repetition. When you get a joke, you know, when you hear a joke, it's you know, you, you gotta say it over and over and over and over. And uh, you know, and I think of uh, I shared this this story with a couple of my brothers at the, at a men's meeting. It was a guy I worked with. Uh, his name is Dougie Olson, and. Uh, and, you know, everybody had the nickname of the reverend. Hey, reverend, uh, preach reverend, reverend whip, they used to call me. I don't, I don't want to tell you what the whip was about, but the, the reverend whip. Say, reverend, you mean to tell me, and he always waited for there to be an audience. I know if you. I know we all have this in the workplace, you know. You get those guys, they wait for there's an audience, and then they're going to hit you with questions like, uh, so, reverend, you mean to tell me that... Uh, these native and Native Indians, these Amer- these Indians that never heard about Jesus Christ, you mean to tell me that they 're going to hell? they 're going to hell, even though they live the, the life that they think that they should live and they live the clean life, whatever and they 're going to hell I said, yeah, I says I really you know, I was a young Christian i says i really don 't have the answer for that I says, but I says Jesus said verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a the man be born again." He cannot see the kingdom of God. So no matter what, he cannot see, unless he's born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Oh, all right. So then every time he'd say, you mean to tell me, and then he'd come up with a different tribe, the the pygmies and the the Amazon and they never, I I could tell you, Jesus said in the Bible, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So this, this went on for a good five or six years. So it, it, was, it came to a point where I'd see him across the yard and he would just, and I'd be, he'd say, I'd say, good morning, Doug. He'd say, I know, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man, be born again. So he was hiding, so he had scripture in his heart. You know, he, he kept saying the verse over and over and over. He knew that you had to be born again. He retired. And... uh Years later, I get a letter. I don't have my phone with me. I wanted to actually read the letter. I took a picture of it. But um, the letter said something like this. This was about maybe five or six years after he retired. Then years later, I don't know how many years later it was. But he he wrote me a letter. He uh, Actually, one of the supervisors came down to my office. And says, Cologne. He says, go He says, I got a letter for you. It says CO... Danny Cologne, but it, it was to Con Edison because he didn't have my address, so he just mailed it to Con Edison, but eventually he found it found its way to me, praise the Lord, and in the letter he says, uh, hey Dan, I was thinking of you and the Con Ed guys, and you know, I miss everybody, and uh, I was sitting here, no, he says, hey, hey Dan, and then he put Rev next to it, Rev, he says, I, I was thinking about you sitting here in church. And now this guy was, uh, you know, like a big, you know, anti-God, anti-human, he just didn't make sense to him, you know, the whole God thing. He says, I'm sitting here in church. He moved down to Florida, he says, and uh, I was thinking of you and the guys, he says, and uh, thinking about a lot of the things that you used to say, and, he's, and he says, I, I figured these would these verses would be a comfort to you so he he gives me three scripture verses they were from some whacked out bible but uh one of them the one bible he, the one the last verse he wrote he didn't write out the whole thing but he said verily verily i say unto thee and then he put that 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 love doug Olson. So I, so I was rejoicing. I was showing the family, yeah, praise the Lord, you know. You never know. You never know. That's why, you know, you, you go around you, in this life and you plant seeds, plant seeds here and there, whatever. But let the light of Jesus Christ shine through you. Show people. Show people, uh, you know, you, you glorify God. And um, so about, I'd say, well, before I, I just retired, but maybe a year or two before I retired, Uh, his son works, his son wound up working in my department, and uh, his son told me, he says, yeah, he says, "Uh, dad, he says, dad's in the hospital, he says, he's got cancer, he's got pretty bad, he says, his stomach was swollen, he came from Florida, I made him go into the hospital, into the emergency room, winds up, he's got a tumor the size of a football, and it's cancer, he don't have long. so right away, I I shot up to the hospital, that day, maybe an hour later, I was up at the hospital, and I and as soon as I walked, now I haven't seen him in 10, 11 years, and I walked in, and as soon as I walked in, he had a big crowd around him, which I was kind of, oh, man. Because you know how people get in front of crowds, you know, they don't want to talk about certain things. As soon as I walked, hey, reverence here. So I walked in, and Doug, how you doing? It was good to see him. It really was good to see him. I shook his hand, and he didn't look so good, but we were talking, and I says, Doug, you know, it's just small talk. You know, there were people there. I says, so, Doug, I says, so, you know, things don't look too good, I heard. He says, nah, He says, but that's all right. That's all right, Reverend. He says, I know why, he says, and you know why, right? He says, I'm not worried about when I die. And I said, well, praise the Lord, Doug, I says, because you know you're going, not because you're a good guy, because you weren't a good guy. He really wasn't a good guy. In fact, his nickname was abrasive because he was so abrasive to everybody. He was just nasty to everybody, you know. I says, you know, I says, it's not because you're a good guy, because you're abrasive, right? He says, I know. He says, I'm still abrasive. He says, I'm still abrasive. He says, but he says, I know, I know. So praise the Lord. That's the story. He wound up, uh, so that was the only visit I had, but praise God for confirmation that someone accepted Christ as their Savior, knowing that, you know what? You don't have to spend eternity. Because think about it people suffer through this life, and suffering is so bad cancer, dementia, you know, it's all happened in the family and stuff like that. And I've seen it. It's a horrible thing. Imagine suffering through this life and then you die and you wake up in something worse. You wake up in something worse because the Bible talks about hell. It's heaven or hell. It's one or the other, one way or the other. But praise God. So anyway, Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter ten. Before I read this, uh, let's just give. Uh, let me just let me just pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, come before you, Lord. That name above all names, Father, Lord. You are worthy of all honor and praise this morning. I pray that this message would honor and glorify you, because you are worthy, Lord. And I pray, Father, for everybody uh, in this audience. I pray, Lord, Father, that uh, you would just. Uh, they would give you their, their kind attention, Lord. They would uh, take heed to your words this morning, Father, because it's your word, Father. So final authority that you left for us is your word, and we thank you for it, Father. And help us to take heed to your words this morning, Father, and just uh, and bless us and bless our pastor this morning, Father. He's probably listening. I pray, Lord, you'd heal him up, Lord, because we miss him. I miss him right now. I wish he was up here preaching Lord, but praise God for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen. All right, Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Romans 10:17, it says, so, "So then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. I want you to remember that verse. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. In fact, Bible, uh, First Bible Church in Staten Island, they used to have this verse behind, I don't know if, uh, Illinois, you remember this, that they had this behind the pulpit, this, this particular verse, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I remember every Sunday morning, seen every, every couple years or whatever they would change, but that verse stood there for a while. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, starting verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, For it by the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Genesis Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. Turn to Genesis chapter 4. Remember that. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. All right, Genesis chapter 4, starting at verse 1. It says, uh, And Adam knew knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother, Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. Cain's not an atheist. He's not ignoring God. He's, he's worshiping God the way he seems fit. You know what? He says, I worked hard for this. He's, he's bringing God a sacrifice. I'm sure he worked hard for the fruit of the ground that he was doing. He probably even said to himself, ah, God will accept me. I'm a good person. I, I've never, never killed anybody, right? Isn't that everybody's saying, I never killed anybody? God's going to accept me. God's going to accept my sacrifice. Uh, you know, he says, I never killed anybody. God's going to accept me. Remember Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. It says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. The first two men that were born into this world, they heard from God. One of them believed by faith, Abel, and one of them, and, and one man did. not One of them believed by faith that the only acceptable way to approach God is through the blood of the lamb. He knew that it was a blood sacrifice that God required. He did what God said by faith. So the only way to approach God is through the blood of the lamb. The first two men that were born into this world, they heard from God. One of them believed by faith that the only acceptable way to approach God is through the blood of the land. Both men heard it. Both men knew that. One man believed it. One man didn't. And nothing's changed in 6,000 years. One man believed it, one man did. Nothing's changed. Why has nothing changed? Turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Look at verse 18. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. you have no excuse. You look around. God says you can look around. Look at the, look at the vastness of of the stars and the skies and the sun and the moon, and the rivers, the the lakes, the mountains. You have no excuse. Every one of us has. No excuse because you can look around and you could see you know there's a God. God gives you, God God says every person deep down in their heart, they can look around at his creation and know there must be a God. That's like even Dougie with those Indians in the Amazon. They can look around. They all know that there's a God. And the Bible says, by the way, about those Indians in the Amazon, you know what God says, uh, the Apostle Paul says, the gospel hath appeared unto all men so that nobody's without excuse. So you know what? God, in John chapter 1, uh, the Bible says, uh, God gives us just enough light, just enough light to men that they could, seek, they could seek after God. So no man's without excuse. God gives us enough light to seek after. Yet, the problem is Proverbs, look at Proverbs 21 one two. Here's another problem. Proverbs 21 one two. Proverbs 21, 2 says, every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. You know, everybody thinks that, you know, well, I never killed anybody. I think, oh, you know, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Everybody has that in their heart. You know, everybody thinks that they're right in their own way. Look at Proverbs sixteen twenty five. Sixteen twenty five. 16.25 says, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There's only way to come to, come to God, and it's through the blood of the lamb. God's right, you're wrong. God's word is the truth. It's the final authority. If, you, if your ways are contrary to God's ways, then you're just plain wrong. This book is right. Everybody else is wrong. It's the final authority right here. The first man, Adam, knew that if you want to approach God, you need the blood. And I'm sure Adam told his boys how to approach God. You love your kids? Tell them about Jesus Christ. Tell them about Jesus Christ. They're your responsibility. They're your responsibility. Imagine being in heaven and uh, and your children can't be with you. Tell them about Jesus. Proverbs 13.1 says, A wise man heareth his father's instruction. How did Adam know? Let's check it out. Genesis chapter 2. How did Adam know it was the blood of a lamb? How did Adam know what to tell his boys? How did Adam know uh, what to tell Cain and Abel? They learned it from something, right? Look at uh, Genesis chapter 2. Where it all started, right here. Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. It says... Actually, let's look at, uh, 15. And God, and the, Lord, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the, Lord, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest of, thou shalt surely die. Now, God can't lie. God says, you're going to die, you're going to die. There's no, there's no, well, wow, maybe I'll die. No, God says, if you're going to, uh, you eat of that tree, you're going to die. Uh, Titus 1, 2, it says, in the hope of eternal life, in whom God, which cannot lie, promised before the world began. So God can't lie. God says, you eat of that fruit, you're going to die, because that fruit brings, that brings a death sentence. And what happened? Look at the, across the page, chapter 3. Verse 6, chapter 3, verse 6. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. And she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. That's the fall of man. And at that very moment, death passed upon all men. But all of sin. Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, uh, Death passed upon all men for all of sin. Everyone, every one of us took a part in that death at that moment. Yet God says in the next chapter, look at chapter 4, God says in the next chapter that, God, that Adam had, Adam made it out of that garden. He made it. He. He had sons. He, he him and his wife. They bear Cain. Look at uh, four, starting at verse one. Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bear Cain, and uh, gotten a man from the Lord. Oh, we read this already, and uh, you know. So he he had a uh, uh, this man Adam. He lived and he had children. And something must have happened. Three twenty one. This is how they made it out of the garden. Uh, Chapter three, uh, Genesis 3.21, it says, Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats, and, uh, coats of skin and clothe them. See, God sheds the blood of an innocent victim. Amen. God sheds the blood of an innocent lamb and makes coats of skin to cover them. That's God's mercy. That's what happened. God's mercy is what happened. They received goats of kin. They received them like a gift. The Bible says that, you know, uh, as, many, uh, as many as received him to them, gave him power to become the sons of God. You got to receive Christ just like Adam and Eve they received those coats of skin. They covered themselves. They made it out of that garden alive because of that because of that because of those coats of skin. You look at uh, look at uh, chapter 3 uh, verse 9 uh, verse 8 and it says I heard the uh, and they heard the voice, this after they after they uh, ate of the tree, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Imagine they hid themselves from God. You can't hide from God. And the Lord God called unto them. Uh, and, and he says, he, right, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? God's got a sense of humor, huh? He says, imagine he called, where art thou? Like God didn't know where he was. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. Yeah, they were afraid because they had the knowledge of evil now. They had the knowledge of good. You think about it, right? The creation, right? God said the first day it was good, second day it was good, third day when it was all gone, God said it's very good. So they had the knowledge of good, and all of a sudden they ate the tree, now they have the knowledge of evil. They say, oh, man, we're naked. And they tried to, just like man does, they tried to cover their sin. They tried, to co- they tried their own works to cover their sin, but they couldn't cover it. They needed, they need, they needed the blood of the lamb. They needed the blood of the lamb. And that was the lamb that was, how do you know it was the lamb? Because the Bible says in Revelation thirteen eight. it says that that, that was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. So that's what happened there. That was God's mercy. God made them coats of skin and clothed them. That's how they made it out of that garden of lion. You know why? Because God's not willing that any should perish. So God, That's why I tell people, and, and I believe in myself. A brother told me a long time ago, he says, brother, he says, if you were the last person on earth, or if you were the only person on earth, God would still, Jesus Christ, still would have died for your sins. And this is proof right here, because this was, these were the only people on earth, Adam and Eve, they were the only ones. When I say Adam, it's Adam and Eve, because God says, I will call them Adam. You know, Adam and Eve is one person. Just like when you marry, you become one flesh. So, yeah, so... Uh, So God's not willing that any should perish. The Bible says God's not willing that any should perish. So that's why, you know, God loves us. And that's why no matter who you are, God loves you. And uh, he paid the price for your sins. He paid the price for your sins. Uh, Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That's in Romans chapter 5, verse 20. So uh, Genesis 320, uh, 3.21, they received the coats of skin to cover their nakedness. They received God's gift. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See how the God's not willing that any should perish? Amen. So by faith, Abel brought a lamb. Adam learned that God requires the blood of a lamb and told his boys, he said, if you want to live, it's going to take the blood of a lamb. Make sure you share the gospel with your children. Teach your children. So many generations after Cain and Abel, look at Genesis 22. We're going to move along here. Genesis 22. So after Cain and Abel, Genesis 22, starting in verse number one. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, "Behold, here am I, here I am." And he said, "Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the uh, upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of." And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and two young uh, and and took saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And claved the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the palace of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, "Abide ye here with the with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you." Worship, worship in this context is, out, is not out there. With your hands up, praising the Lord. The worship is basically right here. In this context, it's just doing what God says. So he says, uh, uh, Go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took fire in his hand and a knife, and they went, both of them, together. Now listen to this one, verse 7. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father... And he said, uh, here am I, son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the birth offering? Hmm, Isaac knew that he needed a lamb. How did Isaac know? Isaac knew that he needed a lamb. They had no Bible but, they, but, but God stamped it on the hearts of men for a father to tell his son and his grandson the truth, that they, uh, the truth of God, that there's only one way to approach a holy and righteous God, and it's through the blood of the Lamb. So he must have told his son and his grandson and his children, and it went on and on, and there's only one way to approach God, and that's through the blood of the Lamb. You may have been brought up in a religious home or even a Christian home, and if you have good morals, you do the best you can, and you never killed nobody, it doesn't matter. You need the blood of the Lamb and without the blood of the lamb, you're not going to heaven, and here we go, uh, so he said, where is the lamb for the birth offering, and verse 8 is that great prophecy, verse 8 is that great prophecy, and Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a birth offering, so they they went both of them together. See if if your Bible says God will Himself provide a lamb, you take that Bible and on your way out just. Don't even put it in recycle. Put it in the garbage because that Bible, I don't want anybody else to read it. Get yourself a King James Bible because the King James Bible is the only one that has it right, that great prophecy that God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they both went down in the uh went, uh, went both of them together. That's a great prophecy. Uh, so moving on, let's look at Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, the blood of a lamb. Exodus chapter 12. 430 years, 430 years, the Israelites were, slaved and were slaves. They were enslaved under the lash of the taskmaster. But God was looking for blood. Look at uh, Exodus chapter 12. Everybody's there. Verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them, every man, a lamb. According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it. According to the number of the souls, every man according to the to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. A lamb, not any old lamb. It has to be the lamb, the correct lamb. You have to have it to make it personal. It has to be your lamb. See, if you look at verse three, it's a lamb. God says, get yourself a lamb. All right, we all all in agreement that Jesus Christ, the lamb of God, we need a lamb, right? God requires a lamb. It can't just be any lamb. Look at the next verse, verse four. It says, it has to be the lamb. The lamb is Jesus Christ, right? Amen? In verse 5, it says, has to be your lamb. See, that's salvation. You have to know who Jesus Christ is and know that he's the lamb of God and you have to make him your lamb. It has to be personal. You have to make him your lamb. You know, God's looking, God's looking for blood. Let's move on. Uh, let's... Uh, All right, well, you know what? Let's, let's keep reading here. All right, so I read verse five. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male, the first year, you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep, verse six, and you shall keep it, keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Verse seven, and they shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door, upper door of the houses wherein they shall eat. That's a picture of the Trinity. That'll preach. Uh, verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt. This night will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses wherein ye, uh, wherein ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. If you didn't have the blood of that lamb, God's judgment didn't pass over you uh you know, God's looking not looking for church membership, He's not looking for your discipleship diploma. He's looking for the blood of a lamb. All right, He says, I'm, plan- I'm passing through the land this night, and the only hope you have is to, to make it through tonight is if I see that blood. Verse 23 uh, verse 12: 23, "For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. Uh, smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and upon the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. Uh, Verse 29, And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on the throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and to all the firstborn of cattle. Verse 30, And the Pharaoh rose up rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt for there was not a house where there was not one dead. You know what these verses tell me in verse 29 and 30 tells me God's not a respecter of persons. It was from Pharaoh on the throne to a man in a dungeon. God says, "When when I come through, I'm not looking to see if you're rich, you're poor, you're white, you're black, you're yellow, whatever it is. He said, I'm only looking for the blood. He said, I see the blood, I'm going to pass over you. It's all about the blood. It's all about the blood. Well, hundreds and hundreds and th- hundreds of years, hundreds and hundreds of years went by. Thousands of innocent lambs were sacrificed on Jewish altars. But while those lambs showed faith in God, they weren't the one from Genesis chapter 22, verse 8. Let's look at Luke. Let's fast forward. Let's go to the New Testament, chapter, uh, Luke chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Amen, amen. Luke chapter 1. All right. Luke chapter 1. That great prophecy is going to be fulfilled right here. Luke chapter 1. And it came to pass in those days that there was, there went out a, a decree from Caesar Augusta that, uh, that all the world should be taxed. More taxes, more taxes. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into, into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of, uh, and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was, while they were there, that the days were accomplished and they should be, uh, that, they should, that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, her firstborn son. You mean Mary had other children? Yeah, they're named in the Mark chapter 5, I think. But uh, she brought... You mean she's not an immaculate virgin? No, no. To, to have other children, that means you're not a virgin no more, right? Amen? So her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. A manger is actually inside of a stable. And what do they keep there? Farm animals. Is it a coincidence that a lamb was born in that manger? That prophecy is being fulfilled right here. That lamb that God said, I will provide Him, God will provide Himself a lamb. This is that lamb. And there were, uh, verse 8, and they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keep a watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you, the shepherds, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you uh, is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He, was first, he first went, the, the angels, they first went to shepherds because what do shepherds watch? They watch sheep, they watch lambs, right? Amen? So that great prophecy of Jesus Christ had to be born in the manger. An and you know why he wasn't born in a palace? He was a king, right? The king of kings, lord of lords. Why wasn't he born in the, in the palace? Because in uh, uh, he wasn't born in a palace. I'm looking for the verse here. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Look at that. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, king of kings, Lord, that on the cattle on a thousand hills, you can't, you're not, nobody's richer than God. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his private poverty might be rich. He had to be born in a manger. He was born poor. That's why he wasn't. But so 30 years have gone by. Now let's fast forward. Let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Gospel of John, chapter 1. 30 years go by, and here he is. And here he is. 30 years go by. In John chapter 1, there's a wild man (laughs) standing waist deep in the Jordan River. John the Baptist standing waist deep in the Jordan River. Notice he was in the river. He wasn't on the side with a cup of water waiting to sprinkle it on somebody's head. He was baptized, and so he was in the water. Because when you get baptized, you got to go down into the water and come up. So he was in the water, and you look at John, uh, look at the Gospel of John. Uh, let's look at verse number 19. John 1, 119, it says, And this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites uh, from Jerusalem, they asked him, who art thou? And he confessed and denied, uh, he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are thou uh, Edwin Elias? I'm, I, every time I, say, I see Elias, I think of my brother Edwin. Where is he? He's around, he's somewhere. Are thou, are thou Elias? And he said, I, I am, I, I am not. Are thou that prophet? He answered, no. Then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice uh, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of, of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent them of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom you know, whom you know not. He it is who's coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Beth, uh, uh, Bethabara beyond Jordan where John was baptized. And here we go. Verse 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith. Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the the sin of the world. That's the prophecy of Genesis chapter 22, verse 8. The Lamb of God. The blood of this Lamb, the blood that this Lamb is going to shed will not only cleanse our sins, but it's going to take them away. And, you know, because the old Jewish altars, they were filled with blood because they'd have to sacrifice for their sins, and then they go and sin again, and they have to take another innocent, and they have to keep, that's all done with. The Lamb of God finally takes away our sins, this Lamb. You know, I mean, uh, John chapter 19 uh, it, it talks about Pilate. Pilate was a governor, and he, uh, and he knew how to read people, I would imagine. He didn't become governor just because they elected him. They didn't elect people back then. Pilate was the governor, and I'm sure he knew how to read people. And you know what? And he knew that this man, Jesus Christ, was innocent. And uh, Pilate examined him and says, I find in him no fault at all. No fault at all. I find in him no fault at all. Pilate even tried to wash his hands and says, I'm clean, because he knew that Jesus Christ was innocent, and they were going to crucify him. So Jesus Christ, that was that innocent blood of a just person. Jesus Christ was sinless, without blemish. Look at First uh, Peter chapter two. Our Lamb is sinless, without blemish, because it had to be the right Lamb, and He is the right Lamb, right Lamb. First Peter, First Peter. First Peter chapter 2 uh, 22 22. Uh, actually, 21. For, he, for even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps: Who did no sin, talking about all land, talking about all land, the land, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. Ooh, that's tough. What a savior. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Uh, Turn back to 1 Peter chapter 1. Chapter 1. Turn the page. Chapter 1. Look at verse 18. For as much as you were not not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your uh, from your vain conversation received uh, by the tradition uh, from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, He was that lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Isaiah chapter fifty three. Isaiah chapter fifty three. Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. I'm going to read the whole chapter. You know why? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. This is how you increase your faith. You read God's word. It gets into you. That's how you do it. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Isaiah chapter 53, starting in verse 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire of him. You know, I, I look at that verse and I say, you know why? You know why he wasn't like he wasn't. Jesus wasn't you know handsome man with a beard, you know, with a full head of hair, you know. I... I You know why? Because I I think there was no coming, there was no beauty that we should desire of him. Because I don't think Jesus wanted us to make statues of him, paint pictures of him, and hang him in our in in our in our rooms. You know that's why you you can't. You don't really. I mean, you know, he was a Jewish man. He was thirty years old. You could, you know, you, you shouldn't. That shouldn't. That shouldn't affect. Your salvation, you know, what you know, even, even the cross, you know, people, and I understand it's a Christian symbol, the cross and everything like that. But I remember that one old preacher says, Well, what if they, uh, what if they, if they hung Jesus with a noose? Would people have nooses around their neck? You know, it, it's true, it's true, you think about it, you know. But, um, uh, so there's no beauty that we should desire. Verse three, he's despised, rejected of man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it was our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Verse 4, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse seven, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. We read that in first Peter, right? Verse nine, and he made his grave with the wicked. No, verse 8, I'm sorry. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he, was he stricken. Verse 9, and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence. Neither was there any deceit in his mouth. That's my land. Verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Thank you, Lord. Verse 12, therefore will I divide him a portion with the grain, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors. Or transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressions, for the transgressors. you see it starts with a lamb and it ends with a lamb. Revelation chapter five Revelation chapter five mm-hmm. Revelation chapter 5. Here we go. Verse 9. Verse 9. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nations. And thou hast made us unto our God kings and priests. We're kings and priests, you know that. And we shall reign, and, and we shall reign on the earth. Verse 11, and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beast and the beasts, and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, here it is. I got to get my street preaching uh, voice on. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Worthy is the lamb. We had T-shirts in our last, uh, in our, uh, our uh, uh, camp, thank you, Josh, uh, youth camp, and I, I only know this because I, I only know about the shirts, the kids are worthy. Worthy is the lamb, because worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory. It starts with a lamb, and it ends with a lamb. It started in Genesis, God, uh, God used that lamb to to help Adam uh, get out of that garden, and it ends with a lamb. The first man that sinned walked out of uh, of that garden alive because of a lamb. The first two men, Cain and Abel, that ever came to God to worship, one lived, one died based on a lamb. The the first Passover night, uh, life or death depended on a lamb. And since Calvary, there's no more shadows, types of pictures. You don't have to wonder who he is. We can know that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. We can know. In uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Worthy is the Lamb. And because he came to save his people from their sins in Matthew chapter 1. He came to save his people from their sins, not by his miracles, and he did a lot of miracles, Jesus Christ, not by his good works, and he did a lot of those, but because of his shed blood. Our lamb, a lamb, a lamb. Remember, it was in Exodus chapter 12, it was a lamb, it had to be the lamb, it had to be Jesus Christ, and you have to make him your lamb. And that lamb has a book, and it's called the Book of Life, Revelation chapter 13. Well, that lamb, he has a book. He has a book, and it's called the Book of Life. Look at Revelation chapter thirteen. <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, chapter thirteen. Uh... And this talking about people. That, uh, this, is a, this is in the tribulation doctrinally. Uh, I'd say around. I'm going to start around uh, verse six. Uh, and he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God. Uh, this is the beast uh, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war. It was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given. It was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Now this isn't Jesus Christ. They, they worship him. The, the beast. And, and who, who are these people? These are the people whose names are not written in the book of life of the. Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So you agree, right? The lamb has a book, the book of life. Look at 21.7, uh, Revelation 21.7. Revelation 21.7. See, the lamb's book of life, you want to be in that book. You want to be in that book. Look at 21.27, 21.27. Talk, uh, uh, Revelation twenty one is a beautiful picture of what we have waiting for us. Heaven, the New Jerusalem. Uh, it, it's a picture of heaven. I mean, where, where? I mean, look at uh, verse four. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall there shall be any more pain for the former things have passed away. Look at verse uh, twenty seven. And there shall in no wise enter into that in, into it anything that defileth neither whatsoever work at the abomination or make it the lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. You gotta be, you wanna be in that book. My brother J.R. uh from Staten Island, a good brother, uh, he's been my friend since I, was, since I was a kid, and when he got saved, uh, his witnessing tool was this verse over here. Look at the. Uh, Look at uh, Revelation chapter 20, verse 15. Chapter 20, verse 15. And this is the verse he would give unsaved people and people he was witnessing to. Listen carefully, give God's word to hear right here. And whosoever was not found written in the book of, li- book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Are you, is your name written in the book of life? If not, this is your end, right? I I told you before, Titus Titus chapter one, it says, God cannot lie. God doesn't lie. And he says, if your name's not in the book of life, you're gonna cast into the lake of fire. Who wants that? What a question is, how do you get into that book? Amen? You get into that book by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You need that book of life. You need that book of life. Um, uh, Romans chapter, chapter three. Romans chapter three. Starts with a limb, ends with a limb. Romans chapter 3. First thing you got to do to get into the book of life is you got to realize you're a sinner. There's none righteous, no, not one. I don't care how good you are. My grandmother was a great woman. I... I, you know, I miss it to this day. And I was telling Brother Andrew today, man, I can't wait to see I can't wait to see Amen. you again. But you know what? She wasn't good enough to get to heaven. She needed the lamb. She made that lamb her lamb. Look at 3, uh, look at, uh, all right, Romans chapter 3, uh, verse 10. As it is written, is none righteous, no, not one. All right? Uh, verse, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All right, let's look at, uh, let's look at uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death, right? We're all sinners, right? We all agree, we're all sinners. It says, for the wages of sin is death. The best part of this verse is right here. But, I love God's buts, amen? <laughs> but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Admit you're a sinner, and accept God's gift, Jesus Christ. That's how you get saved. That's how you get in that book. You know, uh, like I told Dougie Olson, I wasn't making it up. The Gospel of John, chapter 3, you can look at it, we're running out of time. John, chapter 3, verse 3, it said, Jesus said, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, Jesus Christ, should not perish, but have everlasting life. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. The wrath of God. Ooh, you don't want the wrath of God. You don't want the wrath of God. So you see how it starts with a lamb? It ends with a lamb. And it ends with the lamb's book of life. Get in the book of life if you're not in the book of life. So praise God. That's that's all I got right now. But again, it's good to be saved. Amen. And if you're not saved, get saved. Because it's good to be saved, I'm telling you. So. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your precious blood. Thank you, Father, for giving us that precious gift, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Thank you for your goodness, Father. Lord, if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, is not, is not cleansed with the blood of the Lamb, is never Never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. Please, Lord, open their eyes today, Lord. Show them the truth, Lord, because you said we have an appointment. We all stand before you, Lord, one day. We're all going to stand before you. And God, Father, if we don't have the blood of the Lamb on the, two, on the lintel and two doorposts of our heart, we're not going to go to heaven, Lord. We can't approach you without that blood, Lord. So please, Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't have that blood, apply it to their heart, please. Open their eyes, show them the truth, soften their hearts, show them that Jesus is the only way. You said you're the only way. We believe you, Lord. Thank you for my church family. Thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ. And we love you, Lord, and bless this day. May you receive all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.